This is the I Read Comic Books podcast. I'm Kara Shamborski, today joined by Kate Lamphere for this very special edition minisode. We asked our amazing listeners to donate in support of the protest calling for racial justice. And we want to thank Erin for her donation to these causes. To celebrate her donation today, we are talking about Amethyst. And uh, Kate, I don't know about you, but I was genuinely excited to be on this episode topic um, because fantasy and also my birthstone is Amethyst. And I just have never had an excuse to really get into this character because who was reselling fantasy comics from the 80s? No one. I have never seen one of these in the wild. Thank God for digital. Yeah, I had never heard of Amethyst before Aaron started talking about it, uh, probably at the beginning of the year on our Discord. Mm -hmm. I think, so I had first heard of Amethyst, the character, this is a a DC Comics character, um, through my DC Comics encyclopedia that I read like the, the little nerd I was in high school. And I was always like, oh man, this character looks great. She's blonde like me. Her her birthstone is my birthstone in a different way. <laughs> and this looks rad, but like never did I ever see an Amethyst comic actually available for sale. So my knowledge of her was uh, relegated to that one paragraph, which like she got a pretty prominent paragraph in this encyclopedia for a character who at that point had only had a series that ran for like two years in the 80s. Yeah, I wasn't there another series like in the late 80s also. I feel like Amethyst is one of those characters that DC just like she had her original run. So so today we're talking about two Amethyst number 1 issues cuz Aaron uh kindly gave us the opportunity to compare and contrast the or the original um from 1983 and the new number one from uh from this year from the garbage fire that is 2020 um (laughs) so uh it it is and you're right i so amethyst has had i think a couple other series in between these two um but she's never been like a character that dc puts a lot of um referencing into and i think part of that is because she's in the she's a character of this different world called gem world and there's not really a lot of overlap that i know of with the other members of the dc universe um which apparently changed with this with this 2020 issue i i realized while while reading um the notes that our fabulous producer mike rappin dropped into this document that um the two 2020 uh number one of amethyst actually was a spinoff from young justice so now i'm just mad that that wasn't clear because a lot of my um you know i'm getting ahead of myself let us talk about the 1983 because <laughs> i have thoughts kate okay <laughs> let's talk about 1983 um can you for our li- this is full spoilers for amethyst number one of 1983 and 2020 uh kate you are so good at recaps. Can you briefly tell our listeners, full spoilers, what happened in issue one in 1983? Yeah, so the 1983 uh, number one full title is Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld, The Birthright. So <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> um, this was written by Dan Mishkin and Gary Cohn uh, with art by Ernie Colon. And it starts with 
uh, Amy, it's her birthday. She gets home from like birthday dinner with her parents, opens up a present, and it's an amethyst necklace. And she's like, oh, this is great. Um, I'm really glad my dad didn't get me another Barbie. So she goes off uh, and the parents are like, wait a second, this isn't what we got her. So that's uh, mysterious. And then she goes off to her room by herself, gets kidnapped by some kind of ogre and taken to... Yeah, and taken to the uh, the realm of Amethyst or or Gem World in general, uh, mm-hmm. where all these these gem realms are connected, and she's saved by her bodyguard, um, and taken to an advisor, and everything is kind of falling apart there. Her her birth parents that were the rulers of, of Amethyst have been killed, and the realm is being attacked by King Opal. And she's like, yeah. And uh, during this whole transition of her changing uh, realms, she somehow gains, I don't know, six years. So she's suddenly 20, um, very tall, long blonde hair. Um, Of course, she gets miles because she's not wearing pants. So you can see all of them. Um, and she gets sexually assaulted by the ogre and she's called, she's, she's told how pretty she is. Like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 times in this one number one book. That's an exaggeration, but it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And she's pretty much just being kind of like pulled around to different places by this advisor while she's, you know, very confused as to what's happening and why she's suddenly 20. Um, and she keeps (laughs) saying, I want to go back home. And she's 13. I don't care what she looks like. She is still very much a child, which makes all of this so disturbing. And like, of course, she's confused and frightened and just wants to go home. She's 13. Continue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so she finally does get sent back home. And after this, like, absolute chaos where nothing good happened to her. She's like, I wonder if that was real. I wonder if I can go back. So suddenly she's able to create a portal to go back and she steps through and she's like, oh, it was real. Um, and that's how it ends. Um, first first thought, cannot believe that this predates She-Ra Princess of Power by two whole years. Like while reading this, I was like, I'm getting some She-Ra vibes, some He-Man Masters of the Universe, maybe some yeah. Labyrinth. But this came out prior to all of that. So um, maybe just I like I don't know what's what was going on in the 80s, but everyone seemed to be real into the whole like elaborate fantasy thing. And I find it hard to believe that this many people were being influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. But maybe there we are. Um, So the whole like as I already yelled about this, the whole like she's 13, but in Gem World, she's 20 thing. Yeah. Like. On on one level, I get it. Like DC had already done this when they acquired um, Captain Marvel, now more commonly known as Shazam, because um, Marvel Comics, and uh, like Bill, like that character Billy Batson is like, I forget if he's like ten or twelve. Like it changes, and then he says Shazam, and as all of a sudden a full grown adult with like magical powers that make him like pretty much as strong as Superman. So on one level, like there's precedent for um, a like young adolescent hero becoming like an adult physically, if not mentally. Um, My problem with this happening with Amethyst in this comic written by, I assume dudes in the eighties is that she's, 
like sexually assaulted almost immediately once she like becomes 20 air quotes and like the whole time people are just commenting on how beautiful she is and so you know if i was reading this when i was younger i probably wouldn't have picked up on how terrifyingly creepy that was but as an adult i'm like holy shit like please stop sexualizing a actual child (laughs) Yeah, I also haven't seen a reason as to why, like, in, in the plot line, why she has to be 20. They they explained it by saying that time moves faster in Gemworld, so she would be older. Um, but it doesn't explain why she has to be 20 <laughs> because, for the story. Because it's not, it's not, I, I, I feel like this is a book that maybe on the surface looks like it would be for um, young girls, but is actually for older dudes, like in terms of how they're presenting the character. Because if this was, if this was targeted like marketing wise towards like, Oh, let's get young girls into comics. They would have left her 13 or like, I don't know, made sexual assault less of a thing. Like what, why, why is that a choice that you made? So like she's got enough going on without like two ogre brothers trying to rape her in a dungeon. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um I I do have to say like very huge problems about objectification and age aside. I did uh I did really like um the character designs and just the overall um illustration vibe of Gemworld. Like I I I do think it's frustrating that Amethyst had basically no agency until the last page of this issue when she like decides to make a portal to go back to Gemworld and explore. But like before then, it's pretty much in keeping with the whole like, you know, like in like in Harry Potter, we're taken through the magical world by this kid who doesn't know anything about magic. And so he's kind of thrown into things. So we discover things as he does. And I felt like that was a similar idea here it's just a lot happened in this first issue that made it seem a little just like pell-mell at times yeah uh i uh, i have to agree i did like um we're kind of thrown into the action and on one hand like oh my gosh that means that there is very little time to explore the backstory of like who she was to this realm um, and on the other hand, man, it made it oh, a pretty quick read. <laughs> it was a very quick read because like one second you're a 13 year old girl getting a magical necklace on your birthday. And the next second you're being dragged through the air by an old lady who says, use your powers. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's the other thing is that she is not told in any way. She's not given any help as to how to use her powers. She is just told, yeah, just use them just clear your mind and do it like what does that do the thing (laughs) i mean you know on the one hand pretty realistic in terms of like you know um just so many learning experiences where you're just told to figure it out but on the other hand like if you know that this this girl that you've brought from earth to gem world and she's like arrived and we've already established oh you're just like your mom, except your powers are even greater than hers. I would think that you would want at least one training session of how to use those powers because I don't know. She's, I don't care again, if she is the body of a 20 year old, she's a 13 year old, which I, 
you know what? Maybe that's why she suddenly has the body of a 20 year old. So they get rid of the whole like teenage hormone mood swing thing. Because if I'm 13 and I'm in the middle of a horm- hormone induced mood swing, I am for sure using my amethyst powers to like <laughs> blast a forest to smithereens without even realizing <laughs> what's happening. Like, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm doing too much of a stretch to like give the writers credit for that being the reason for the age switch in gem world. But like, I <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, um, I she she does she is sent back to Earth without us really having any kind of a sense of like finality to this this war that's going on in amethyst so like on one hand it's only an issue number one um and of course at the end of the issue she does go back to gem world but it was like oh my gosh like no she's just gonna like leave she's gonna find out that she's a princess and um that her home is under attack and and she just wants to leave Well, again, she's 13 and it's her birthday and her dog is waiting for her at home. Oh, yeah, that's true. There was something about the dog in there um, and how the dog knew where she had gone this whole time. I feel like they were also kind of implying that her adopted mother knew um, because like when they're when the parents are running up the stairs because they realize that um, Amy amethyst is missing they were like running up the stairs when they hear her voice and the mom's like oh my god she's back and the dad is thinking back and so that made me that made me wonder like does mom know something mom and the dog know something but dad is just totally oblivious i mean um but that's actually a a good um point of segue to talk about the number one issue from 2020 because that also starts with um a a birthday gift can i can i impose on you again kate for the wonderful recap yeah so this one was all done by amy reader from what i could find online um and yeah it starts with the birthday she's given a a tiara by the mother and then also a book about like the healing power of crystals and and i've got comments about that but i I will continue (laughs) we'll we'll Uh, put a pin in that one yeah yeah um and she's like, well, I have this this other party to go to. Um, this is my life. It's split into two different places. And she opens this portal and steps through. And she steps she steps down, and there's no floor. So she just kind of falls into this pit filled with am- like giant amethyst crystals. And she's like, oh no, what has happened? And she wanders around a bit. Her like her palace and her realm is just destroyed. Um, she has no idea where anybody's at. There's no sign of anyone. And she's like, I'm going to go to my friend Turquoise, um, our neighbors, and we'll figure out, uh, she'll have some idea of what happened and she'll help me. Well, she gets there and Turquoise is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then she's prompted by her her partner or her fellow royal something. Um, and she's he says, don't you remember, darling? And she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I heard about some people being in trouble, but we're not going to help you. We're not going to give you more of our army to destroy like you did last time. And um, of course, of course, Amethyst is like, what is, what is happening? This used to be my best friend. And she goes out, she tries to talk to the people standing outside of that palace and everyone's just kind of ignoring her. 
Um, she's got much more. She's got much more personality in this book. She's very. Uh, she's kind of aggressive verb. with them. Yeah. Uh, so nobody helps her. So she kind of. Um, she's like, fine, I'll do it myself, and and leaves that area. But then she's tracked down by a giant caterpillar worm with spikes coming out of its sides. Um, and it turns out that that is not a monster. It is someone's like pet and or steed. And this woman says, you said that you needed help. I'm a warrior. I'm going to help you. Um, but it's kind of an awkward, it's kind of an awkward conversation. <laughs> Hugely awkward. You almost <laughs> murdered my pet, but I'll still help you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's really where, where it ends. Um, I want to thank you for that recap because I learned more about the plot from this issue from you than I did from reading oh. the issue. <laughs> I, I, I just, okay. So, so first off, I, I really wanted to like this issue. Um, I loved Amy Reader's work on Moon Girl and, Dev- and Devil Dinosaur. So I was kind of expecting the same sort of accessibility with this. And I felt like the first few pages were just so unbelievably boring and frustrating for me that I almost wanted to put it down because um, the first few pages, like Amethyst gets her like gifts from her parents and then we're treated to like a double page spread of backstory because we come in in this issue at her 16th birthday and she's like, let me tell you about the last three years of my life, info dump. And I hate when books do that because I'm like, show, don't tell, guys. Show, don't tell. You are just telling me why I should be interested in this character instead of showing me. Um, and, and it was a lot of recap, even just from stuff that we had read in issue one from 1983. And I've was just confused about who the audience is for this book because I feel like the 2020 number one of Amethyst is for people who were fans of the original series. But I would think that revamping this character for 2020 meant that you were trying to find new fans. And this felt like way too intense of a nostalgia grab for me to be like, yes, if I picked this book up, not knowing anything about the character, I would want to continue. Yeah, I feel like this one was definitely more created for a younger female audience as as opposed like next to the 1983 book, at least like this one. She doesn't she doesn't suddenly become an adult um when she's just still 16 um, and her like when you see uh, the flashback to the portal opening the very first time for her, she's just asleep in bed and she isn't being uh, kidnapped and so hopefully not molested <laughs> by ogres. Um, so I feel like they did kind of like modernize this a little bit for she an has audience. She pants. Yeah. Um, or at least a billowing skirt. Her legs are covered. Yeah. The point. Oh, um, yeah. So the skirt, I really, I really liked her outfit and outfits aren't normally a thing that I notice unless they're really good or really bad. Um, (laughs) And this one, I really liked it because there are like giant pointy amethysts everywhere in her, in her home realm. And this skirt basically kind of looks like a giant pointy amethyst. It was, it was pretty fun. I I appreciated like, I, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I think in, making the skirt kind of that shape it was 
kind of like an over-the-top 80s style party skirt. And I was like, ah, a nod to the decade in which this originates. That's a good, good, that's, uh, yeah, good point. I didn't even notice that. I also super appreciate that in the 2020 version, her hair is purple. Yeah. Right? She's just embraced this whole purple thing. Like, even her, her bedroom on Earth is purple now. Um, and I feel like it, it's almost too much purple. And in the 1983 version, I never, I never like how how many primary colors there are in in older comics. Like it, mm-hmm. it kind of bothers me. I'm used to like the nuance and color, the gradient shading in modern comics, which just isn't there. Which was probably limited by printing technology. But yep. um, but in this one, I liked on one hand. The colors were modernized. There was more nuance in it, and it wasn't just primary colors. But then also, it was really dark, and anything that was like amethysts, uh, space, her bedroom, her realm, her it was all like purple. It was a yeah. lot of purple. <laughs> I mean, you know, the book is called Amethyst, so I guess they decided to kind of run with that, but. Yeah. Um, the, uh, maybe- the couple of pages that we saw turquoise in, I, like, think there was a lot of blue, more blues, more uh, not purples, and yeah. that was a relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like reflecting on this issue, the image that sticks out clearest in my mind is like the caterpillar monster because that was green and other colors also. Very, very huge difference um, from the rest of the book. Um, I maybe maybe part of that is is why I think if I if I compare the two number one issues, I do prefer the 1983 one, despite the many problems, again, with the sexualization of a 13 year old. But um, because like just the story was easier to follow and it was more interesting to follow, whereas the 2021, I feel like it was just like. Let's fill you in on this backstory that you're supposed to care about, but don't know why. Um, and you yeah. see, like the, like the bad, the bad guy. Okay, um, the the last panels of each of the number ones, like, could not have been more different. Like the last panel of the 1983 issue one is like an assassin is coming after Amethyst and you see him like skulking behind a corner with a knife. And yes, he does think like, God, she's so beautiful. And you're like, shut the fuck up. But like, you know, (laughs) at least there's an imminent, like tangible threat. And then the last panel of the 2020 issue was just like, ah, we have now revealed the bad guy, but you have seen the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you have seen no reason to imminently fear him. He's just here. He looks, he's got a striped face. See you next issue. And I'm like, but but why why are we afraid of him? There's like I and if the point was to create some sort of like creepy existential dread in the fact that she enters gem world and like everything is literally upside down, I didn't really get that emotional vibe from this book. Yeah, I I have like I feel like the 2020 issue has given me more of a cause to continue reading this series than the 1983 issue did, which could just be the art difference for like my personal preference. 
but she's a stronger character. She she she's making her own decision. She knows who her allies are to go go to for help. Um, she has like clearly defined goals of like finding out what happened to her people um, and helping them. Um, and versus the 1983 book, which is kind of just still um, still in this like world building exploration phase, as opposed to. Um, like she's, I don't know, maybe I just like a physical journey in my books. <laughs> There's more of a physical journey in the 2021. Maybe it's, I, you know what, I do see what you're saying about her having like more of a, like a drive and a connection and a purpose to this world. Whereas in the 83 number one, she's just like, what is happening? Yeah. And in this one, she's like, oh, things are wrong and I must fix them. Yeah, um, but to go back to what you were saying about the information dump to like mm-hmm. fill in the backstory, mm-hmm. I I do agree with you that it was it was like too much. It's it's basically saying, hey, by the way, reader, you have missed all of this information. Uh, here you go. Good luck. Um, <laughs> and that like this whole like we used to be best friends with uh, w- when she was talking to Turquoise. And like all of these these pictures that you see crumbling uh, in her palace and and the info dump, it makes me feel like yeah, it makes me feel like I've missed a lot. So if I did continue the 2020 series, I feel like I'd have to go back and read the 1983 series plus whatever else she's been in. Um, and I feel like it would have been better to just like kind of skip the background and say have like maybe one panel saying I found out when I was 13 that I am the princess to this realm. And then everything else is just, you know, dropped in when it's necessary, as opposed to being all at once. Like smaller parcels of backstory revealed when they become relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the part that you mentioned where she goes to her friend Turquoise and she's like, oh, my friend Turquoise. But we only have her word in like a memory in like a monologue, internal monologue box to trust that. Whereas it might have been more interesting to instead of having the double page spread of like, here's a text heavy info dump of before, like right before she goes to turquoise, like her reflecting on like sometimes she was doing something friendly with turquoise from like the previous year or something like last year on my birthday turquoise and I did this and like show it for two panels, you know. And then you will, as the reader, get to see the contrast of turquoise being like, gaslighting her essentially (laughs) Um, yeah i i really want to know what's going on with turquoise there like it has has the time difference just put a lot of space between them and and from her point of view or is or is she like have amnesia of some kind i think it's it because like the the crystals were upside down and like no one is there for amethyst's birthday like she's been doing this for three years now i think she would have figured out i would hope that she would have figured out kind of the time difference thing i think this is definitely some kind of like the bad guy king opal has cast some kind of spell that probably has something to do with the fact that opals like have different colors and shimmering and they're all captured in the same stone i don't know so, <laughs> um but let's let's go back to your your previous comment about the healing gemstone book that amethyst oh, received yeah. as a present 
um thoughts mom (laughs) yeah yeah she okay so first of all i want to say that amethyst does wear the tiara that her mother gives her for the entire book and i found that to be very sweet and i think that would it would make mom really happy yeah but the other present that mom gives her is yeah this healing this book about healing properties of gemstones and amethyst is like mom this isn't how this works and it's got this real vibe of like your parents trying to buy you pokemon but they buy you like a Digimon instead, like a plushie, oh. like the wrong thing. And oh. it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. And I feel really bad for the parents. Um, I would love, though, if it turns out that Healing Gemstone book becomes a plot point later. Yes. And like she's like, oh, this is so dumb, but opens it up. And then she realizes like, oh, if I get someone with the powers of the ruby... With our powers combined, we can create the light spectrum needed to defeat the opal. Like, something like that. That would be satisfying. Because then it's not like, oh, haha, parents, so out of touch. Then it's more like, parents, how do they know? (laughs) Yeah, I, I think that that would be a really nice, like, like smoking gun, I guess, plot point. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just being this kind of awkward, um, scene at the beginning of the book about how amethyst has outgrown her earth parents basically (laughs) oh man we we just want we just want high quality payoff in our storytelling that's all yeah yeah (laughs) Um, so do you think that you would continue with this series well all right so here's my thing i so overall while reading both of these books i realized that i am just complete garbage and let me tell you why (laughs) Um, so i am complete trash because while reading these books where again i have multiple times in this very minisode been yelling about the fact that you know they're over they're objectifying and over sexualizing a a preteen or young teenager um I am like already kind of like shipping Amethyst with her bodyguard dude. And I understand that this is dumb because they've only had like one panel's worth of interaction in both issues and extra dumb because he is definitely an adult of indeterminate age. And I think (laughs) I'm like reconciling the two in my head because I'm also the garbage that ships Thackeray Banks and Danny in Hocus Pocus. So, um, but then I'm like, no, not right now. Maybe in like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) So so I, 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 I'm kind of shipping Amethyst and her new friend from the end of the 2020 version. Because the new friend is like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend, blah, 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 who we don't see. So we know that she's gay, but we don't know (laughs) that she's actually taken. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, like, uh, you know, but, but, you know, I, I like I like stories that are adventure fantasy stories where the romance isn't the focus, but there's enough there where you can kind of be like, hmm. And so for me, this was definitely like, hmm. And then immediately, Kara, go away. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, I, and then I and then I go back to the whole like, well, in Twilight, Edward was 100 years and Bella was only 17. And I'm like, no, it's still garbage. Like, I'm still part of the problem. But then like, I need another I need another 
possible interest for this character immediately. Thank you. Um, but I guess that's me just kind of falling into the the trope. Like, I know this is a high fantasy story. So I'm like, all right, where's the cutie? Where's the yeah. love interest? Somebody's going to be rescuing somebody at some point. Let's do this. Oh, I've just been trained. Trained by the stories <laughs> that I love. <laughs> Oh man, this just tells me that I need to like just just read a read a bunch of stories and get this all out of my system. The holiday season <laughs> is, the holiday season is coming up. I'm clearly due for like another rewatch of Love Actually in the holiday. Like let's just yeah. Oh, let, that's just we'll get some, that's just where I'm at. We'll get some new Netflix movies with the exact same tropes <laughs> being used over and over again. Like I said, I've just just been trained. I I see the I see the like strong protector dude and like the girl with the superpowers who's trying to figure shit out and i'm like i see this trope so like why would you present me with that trope and make it problematic like just give me the trope maybe there (laughs) will maybe there will be like a young cute bodyguard character coming up later or in the 2020 issue maybe it leads into like like you said, like maybe Amethyst gets a girlfriend. Maybe she saves a damsel in distress. I'm okay with damsel in distress if it's like, you know, slightly different. I, I, I have just established that 2020 has broken me, and I want stories that are predictable <laughs> with tropes that are familiar. Well, they've already changed ages in the, in this book, so maybe Granch is actually like. 18. <laughs> if Grange is like 18 in the 2020 issue, I will flip out. He's okay. He's just maybe it's the pointy ear thing. Maybe it's like I saw Lord of the Rings at too early an age and Legolas like <laughs> imprinted me. Like, I don't know what to do. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any 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 final thoughts for our amethyst read, Kate? Uh I think that people who like the new Shira would like the new Amethyst. Um, I don't. I haven't read anything about the the old Shira, so I don't know how those compare. Uh, but I do. Again, like I kind of feel like I would need to read the nineteen eighty three complete series before I could continue reading the twenty twenty complete series, mostly because I want to know about that friendship between her and Turquoise. <laughs> Right? Like, why would you just say, yes, we're best friends and not show us anything? Ugh. Yeah, unfortunately, my library does not have any of this book at all, um, which I hope is not a reflection of how popular it was. But again, the first time I heard of this was through Aaron. So I don't know that this had a huge uh, uh, target audience in the first place. Well, that's why the the start of the 2020 issue was so baffling to me, because I was like, this feels like something specifically written to appeal to fans of the original series. But who were the fans of the original series yeah. and are they still around? Ooh. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Aaron for making us read a thing that we ended up having a lot of thoughts about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah if, I mean, if my like I said, if my library does get this, I'll probably continue reading it. But I don't think that it's something that I would necessarily spend money on. So, perhaps the library will come through for you. Yeah. Uh, we we want to say again, thank you to Aaron for your donation to the protests in support of racial justice and allowing us to create this minisode. 
you can follow us all on Twitter and the show is at IRCB podcast and we post and share comic news, art, sass, and more. The show and our many subscriber only episodes are powered by fans like you on Patreon. Join us now at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Infinity Shred is the best. They do all of our music. Xander is a wizard who also edits the show. Thank you for listening. And Aaron, thank you again. Until next time, comics are good and so are you. 